Hey everyone, did you know that there are shows on our site other than our show? No! Uh, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> It's May 19th, 2016. This is Idle Thumbs 263. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. And this is not three moves ahead. Oh. I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, hey. Three moves ahead is good. Yeah, but, sorry. Uh, there are some people who uh, maybe a day or two ago inadvertently pulled an episode of Three Moves Ahead or your podcast reader did because an episode of Three Moves Ahead, a great strategy game podcast, was accidentally published to our RSS feed. So that was not some like sneaky promotional attempt by us, right, uh, or yeah. was it? It wasn't. We weren't trying to drive engagement. Yeah, we, we, we were not uh, <laughs> aiming to increase brand affinity. We, uh, But yeah, sorry about that. It was posted for like three minutes, but that was long enough for everyone's podcast apps to grab it and put it on your phone. So. Yep. Um, this is the real Idle Thumbs podcast. <laughs> Don't listen to that other one. I mean, please do. I mean, IdleThumbs.net slash 3MA. It's a great show. Yeah. Um, don't listen to it here, though. We don't like that. <laughs> Keep them out. <laughs> Throw the bums out. <laughs> well, hey, guys. I was now, in Russia hey. for a week. Oh, oh yeah. That's I, true. I went to a... Uh, uh, a gam. A gam. I went to a, a <laughs> development, like an Eastern European... A game conference called DevGam, spelled D E V G A M M, which is super good. Yeah, I found out why it's called that actually. Oh yeah, yeah. I was I thought it was just some weird like translation slang thing, but no, it actually uh, it derives from a predecessor conference called FlashGam that was <laughs> founded to like show a little leg. <laughs> That was originally about flash game development, and then once flash game development wasn't a thing anymore, it transitioned to dev gam. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't explain the gam. No, but it was originally like. But it was flash. I think it was like flash games and meetings, and then another M. Multimedia, perhaps. Please be multimedia. I don't think it was multimedia, but let's say it was. Let's say it was flash games. And multimedia meetings. <laughs> uh, in any case, GAM is actually an acronym, which is okay. why it's in all caps. And so now it's developing developing games and multimedia Medies, meetings. Media meetings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's called that because they also like try to set up meetings between attendees and uh, But mostly it's else. DevGAM. Unless it's just DevGAM. Anyway, it was really fun. Uh, I went to Moscow for it and... I'd never been there before. And that the development scene in, in Russia is apparently really amazing. We just don't hear anything about it because a lot of the indie games don't get translated into English and don't seem to have hmm. the same level of like access to marketing, especially English language media um, that we get. But there's a shitload of really talented people there. It's really impressive, actually. Like they seem to have really good technical education. So like the quantity of people who just regardless of you know whether they're a designer or an engineer or whatever who just have good solid software engineering skills is really impressive that's cool um, yeah it was really fun i had a lot i had a lot of oh also man i totally forgot about this until just now i went to the uh, museum of soviet arcade machines Ooh. which oh, is man. yeah what? which is in downtown yeah. moscow and it's it is like it's an arcade that it is that is entire you pay like I don't know, 10 bucks or something to get in and they give you 
a bunch of arcade tokens, which are actual like 15 Kopec coin, like Soviet coins that they just have a collection of. Oh man. That actually are Soviet Union currency. And you put them in the arcade machines and you play these like Soviet era games. And they're really crazy because they're all incredibly mechanical. You know, they're from the era of game development when you were basically wiring your graphics like directly onto the board. Right. You know, like you, it, it wasn't like software where you just change it in code. It was like, oh, we're, you know, the shape of this spaceship or whatever is basically hard coded into the actual circuit board that sure. is running this thing. Uh, but on top of that, there are machines from even that from a, a way of making games that is even more mechanical where it's like, there's a racing game for instance, where you're turning a wheel and the, your car is like a physical little toy car that is, that has like a screen overlay that is projected on top of it. So <laughs> like this, the, this, the road and the other cars are virtual, but your car is like a physical metal car that is directly like one-to-one connected to a steering system. But There's the rest of it is on a TV. Yeah, it's like a car on top of a TV. Good, like, it's like a rear projection yeah, video game. Yeah, it's crazy. And there's a <laughs> lot of stuff like that. There's a lot of like weird intersection between electronic and mechanical. Um, and I, it's re- it was really fascinating. I mean, it's just an era of arcade game creation that, you know, was a total product of of its time. You know, se- like the 1970s. Like, it, it was amazing. Uh, it was really fun and cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I didn't get to spend as much time in there as I wanted to because um, they had to like. Unsurprisingly, these machines are extremely, you know, rickety and need a lot of maintenance. So they had to do close it down for routine maintenance. But uh, but it was but I played it for a while and it was really fun. That's cool. Yeah, and I, I was there with uh, this guy Slava who actually did the Russian translation of Firewatch and he like showed me around on Saturday because I took an extra day after the conference and he was like, Oh man, I, he'd not been in there before. And he's like, I totally remember this like weird torpedo submarine game from being a kid, which was really cool. Nice. Uh, yeah. So if you ever find yourself in Moscow or I think St. Petersburg, I think they have one there as well. Um, check out the museum of Soviet. Arcade what was your machines. favorite Soviet arcade game? Um, probably the, the one with the car. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because it was just so fascinating and unusual. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah, and there was a there was a torpedo one where there was like the the submarine one we played against each other, but it wasn't we weren't shooting at each other. It was just sort of competitive, and we were playing at the same time. You're shooting so, at America. Let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it was another crazy thing where you you know you look into the most almost all of these I would say actually had like a high concept input thing right where there's like goggles that you look into and then you turn a wheel or there's like levers that you pull you know almost almost none of them were just like buttons and a controller it was like oh there's some it's a interface for a car or a submarine or a gun that you're shooting targets with or whatever like everything had some big concept for what the input mechanism was as opposed to just being some abstracted like push these arbitrary buttons just because that's what you do so that was interesting as well but the uh, the like submarine torpedo thing was crazy because as you shoot, the trail of your um, torpedo is illuminated by a light that like goes off into the distance, but they design it to look like it's converging towards a point on the horizon. So you're basically firing like a little light that progressively like flits back to the <laughs> rear of the thing. I mean, it was just all really cool, like 
optical illusions and stuff. I don't know. It was it was fun. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Anyway, then I got back home and played Doom. <laughs> <laughs> I returned to America where I played Doom. Yep. <laughs> you guys also played Doom or Nick? I don't know if you played Doom. I played Doom. We all played Doom. But I think between your trip to Russia and your then uh, playing of the video game Doom, you are now a corrupted youth. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Did you yeah. guys enjoy uh, Doom, the game? Oh, I really did. Yeah, I did too. I mean, that's... We, we're recording this late enough after people are playing Doom that it seems like that is the general conversation is, oh, Doom was really fun. I am surprised by how fun Doom is. But I also, know. Doom's really fun. I'm surprised by how fun I Doom know. is. I, I remember <laughs> when they released like the initial trailers over the last, I don't know, what, two two years maybe? Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be so bad. I mean, I thought it was going to be another Quake 4 or something where it was just like a ponderous, you know, like post-Call of Duty, like scripted everything, just... I just thought it was going to be nothing. Um, and it's really fun. It's super fast paced and you're dodging projectiles all the time and like running around. And I, it's, it's so unencumbered. It's like, it's by all the assumptions of modern sort of high budget first person shooter campaigns. Yeah. But it has the production values of an actual modern AAA first person game, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, are you digging this game at all, Nick? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you seem more reserved. Uh, no, I my initial impression was really great. I yeah. I just I don't know. I I the last level I played. You know what's weird is like I I like almost all of this game except for the fact that it is. Here's here's what I really like about it. I like that the level design structure is actually just classic Doom. Like find the blue key and unlock this portion of the level, <laughs> right. and then like go right. over here. Like and I'm actually surprised how much wa- backtracking wandering is into small arenas, then backtracking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, through. yeah, it's yeah. got really good level design. And I also like that those arenas are keyed off of like. It's not just that there are enemies populated. Um, I like the addition of just being able to, like, whatever. I don't even know what this mechanic is called, but, like, you pull the heart out of the thing and, like, trigger the wave of enemies. I don't know what it is. It's just, like, turn on hell, and then, like, it happens. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I like that that's under your control. But um, the only thing that is bugging me right now is that I played through, I don't know if you guys have gotten to, like, the foundry level, like, the crazy, like, sort of lava, like esque lo- I don't I don't even know how mm-hmm. to describe it. It's just like a bunch of like molten lava everywhere. There's just a lot of jumping. <laughs> like, if you guys notice, oh yeah, there just, is. It's like there are like a weird a number of like jumping also, like puzzles. Yeah. Oh man, I totally, yeah. I totally don't mind the jumping. I don't mind it. It's just well, yeah, I do because I got incredibly lost for like a half an hour last okay. night. But um, that's the only. That's the only. Everything else is fantastic mm-hmm. to me because it feels it feels like they just paired this thing back to the point where it just turned into like an indie game or like an indie game's approximation of what doom was like it reminds me of devil daggers at this point which is weird to say because devil well, daggers when you're is in just the, when you're in a, a full-on arena yeah it's you know i mean it's yeah. obviously not as intense as that but it's yeah. you know it's got that vibe to it where you're just constantly i mean the dodging projectiles is the big thing mm-hmm. obviously you can take hits in a way you cannot in devil daggers but you still have that fundamental like this is the, you know, when I said it doesn't, it's unencumbered by a lot of modern first person shooter stuff. A big part of what I mean is that in modern first person shooters, so much of it is like hit scan, like instant yeah. projectiles, where if you're not in cover, you're just constantly getting, like even watching Jake, watching you play um, like Uncharted yesterday, so much of it is like you're just a bullet sponge, you know, yeah. like when you're not just completely in cover, you're just taking bullets and your character just 
just absorbs yeah, you them. Can, whereas in, in Doom, in modern Doom, much like old Doom, you can actually get out of the way of an enemy that's charging you yeah. or of a fireball that's coming at you, even yeah, though it is so much faster than... And you have than, to because you don't recharge yeah. health. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I mean... The, well, it, it just basically incentivizes you to keep moving, which right, most games keep plowing do the enemies, exact opposite. So right? Like, most games their... are just, like, sit still, don't move, because it's easier so y- your mom can play. But this <laughs> game, like, <laughs> no. I'm, like, I'm, you have to actually be, like, pretty, you know, aggressive to actually play this game. I'm sure there are other games... Unless that, your mom is hardcore. That's oh, true. man, it's true. It could be. There, are, I'm sure there are other games that do exactly the thing that Doom <clears throat> does, but it, the when you weaken an enemy, you can go up to them and perform the cheesy finishing move, but it makes health pop out of them and then gravitate towards mm-hmm. you. That, like, I love it because it feels super arcadey and clean and actually kind of justifies the stupid close-up kill cam thing. Yeah. It is the thing that makes it feel less, like, old Doom to me yeah, because yeah, I feel sure. like yeah. if I just run up and plow through guys, I can generally retain health. I mean, if I was playing on a harder difficulty mode, I probably would have to handle these encounters. Which one are you? I'm playing on the hardest one that they make Okay, I'm playing on, I'm playing on <clears throat> normal and I'm able yeah. to, at least in the early game... I've I've gotten killed a couple times, but I'm able to be more brazen than I would expect that mm-hmm. I could even on normal difficulty of right. a Doom game. Yeah. But like the the feeling of that just uh, of the way that the health pops out of guys when you get close to them is really nicely done. I thought mm-hmm. it, um, I totally agree. This is one of the only cases I can remember where I actually am fine with the sort of sick kill cam thing, well, it, which I generally despise, yeah. but, but like for a lot yeah. of reasons, but I totally buy it here because one, it's really fast. That's important. Yep. Uh, it goes really, really quickly. And then also, yeah, there's like a legitimate mechanical loop that goes on there. It, it also helps that it's presented. Man, uh, the, the tone of New Doom is <laughs> yeah. really surprising. Yeah, it's worth talking about, right? <laughs> I, I can't yeah. tell. The first the first five minutes of this game, they're good. Yeah, it's it's so hard. It's so hard to know. And this is actually really I don't I don't mean this in a negative way. I think it's actually a huge strength for me. It's hard to know how tongue in cheek people were intending that stuff to be. I know, and how many people involved were intending it to be tongue in cheek because like it starts with you on the slab with robots doing stupid first person shooter yeah, robot like surgery to you. Shit. Yeah, Quake Four, you're getting you're getting totally strogged. You're getting yeah. uh, you're becoming a, a super soldier with robots ripping you apart on a bloody slab. But then when you get off the slab, there's also candles everywhere, and then there's holograms of scientists performing demonic incantation rituals. Yeah, like. Okay, <laughs> then you pick up your suit and like a prophecy occurs, and then fucking hell but shows up. What's the and TV then an screen? NPC starts talking to you in on a, like a monitor, and then you just kick the monitor away. <laughs> yeah, which is really good. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then then the fucking title cards come up that are outrageous and have like an exploding electric yeah. guitar, yeah. and they're like covered in nineties <clears> like <throat> grit explosions. Well, it's, it's funny. The, all that stuff coupled with the way that you rip enemies apart and health come out of them and the speed at which projectiles happen and the way that height is involved. Actually, this is maybe less the Doom sequel that I've always wanted and more the Duke Nukem 3D sequel that I've always wanted. <laughs> yeah, I kind of I see where you're coming from a little bit. Um, although, I think the difference between what you're talking about in terms of where the tongue-in-cheek stuff lands is that Oh, I don't even necessarily mean the, the 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 humorous tone, but just like even the way the mechanics work no, feels I, more no, like. No, I know you're right, like but, but the overall effect to me is a little bit more on the Doom side than the Duke Nukem 3D side, just because the Duke Nukem 3D side pushes the like ma- macho stuff in so, such an out like <clears throat> an intentionally outrageous direction. And this is this the thing. This is the stayed. thing that I actually really like about this game. I was yeah. while I was playing through okay. it, it occurred to me like 
the the fact that it does this but then doesn't take it to 11 and doesn't just make that part of like the marketing campaign and just yeah. everything yeah, yeah, yeah. that is the, i think that's the thing that made this game playable to me and the, the, like the reason that i'm enjoying it because it's it would it, oh god it would have been so easy for them to just say like oh no this is what this game is now it's the game that's it's the anti-shooter it's just we're just gonna make fun of call of duty every level and just do right you know. yeah, yeah yeah oh my god it could have been terrible the fact that it's just uh it's just doing that just enough Yes, where uh, the the tone is just right. Well, yeah, weird. because all of those things that it includes, <clears throat> it basically includes just enough of it to be good, and yeah. not too much of it to just turn into a parody. Which of itself. games have like, done before, but which like a, a great, oh, it's so hard. To a keep great that. example of that yeah. is the soundtrack, right? Yeah, like the yeah, music yeah. in this game. This is not music that mm. I particularly enjoy or would ever listen to in my. But life. in this context, but in this context, it's amazing. It's exactly what you want. Really, really, the really interactive. Good. The way the music works is so clever like it it's yeah. it's a really sophisticated interactive soundtrack mm-hmm. where as you get into combat this like hilarious i don't know speed metal i don't even know yeah. what subgenre of metal this is but you know metal aficionados i'm sure could tell me like it it comes in as you're in combat and then as you like sort of finish the arena it's it's sort of ramps down and it's really 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 well done and it's totally in that it's reminiscent of the music implementation of bioshock infinite except yes. that it's dudes it's just going like, ch- 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 yeah. forever <laughs> uh until the slow it down yeah sorry i i believe that i was misinterpreted when i com- said that it is the duke nukem forever or the duke nukem 3d sequel that i have always wanted because what i've always wanted is the ostentatious construction and fast combat and all and you know the sort of give no fucks attitude without the shitty turd man uh protagonist and machismo and that seems like what this is whereas doom actual doom did not have any of that self-aware outrageous layer it just had demons throwing projectiles at you uh and you're in hell and it's yeah and it's sort of that's true dark and scary whereas this bridges the gap but airs towards doom as opposed to yeah, it's supposed to going the other direction up from Duke Nukem mm-hmm. 3D towards just complete trash that is what Duke Nukem Forever was like this, yeah. you know, but like the fact that the protagonist hears an audio log and then wrenches the screen, yeah. uh, wrenches the display off off of its hinge, uh, you know, and that the enemies move three times as fast and that you have fast mantle and all sorts of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, all that stuff I really like. It feels like the the. The way that the climbing and jumping and stuff is handled in this game feels like uh, they went back in time and looked at some of the stuff in Thief, I guess, and also some of the stuff that like Action Quake and like some other mods were doing in that time that then just sort of fell off of the way that a lot of this movement works. Like it's not, it's not super cinematic or acrobatic climbing, but it's that feeling of you know that you can take you can make a jump that seems slightly longer than it is because your guy is going to be able to grab right. onto the edge and pull himself up yeah uh it's it's i don't know that, that stuff is really cool and ties into the fact that this game actually has secrets in it which is really nice like this game has a, i don't know how much you guys have bothered looking for this stuff but uh this game has a lot of just you know doom style secrets where it's just a little room and you find a thing and it and that's it. And that's the, enti- you know, but it's, but it rewards playing around with the map and is a really good way to uh, extend the sort of utility of all that climbing mantling stuff. Um, although like the, the one frustration of that, you know, to me is that often I won't be sure if in a give if, if I have like exhausted a given area or not, like if I'm, a, if I'm able there are a lot of cases where I can I can tell 
just by the, the layout of the level or by looking through sort of a, an intentionally evocative win- or like um, yep. enticing window or something. Oh, there's something in there I want. And yeah. I can't tell if like, oh, I have to keep going and then I'll be able to come well, back or mm-hmm. I can find this now by just jumping around right. a lot. I, yeah, yeah, where you see a ledge you see, or just a, yeah, something way up in the distance off, right. to your, off to your right way up and then go, okay. And then I'll, and then I'll like really keep sh- going and I'll lock myself out of the area and be like, God damn it, now I can't go back there. What's yeah. really weird about that too is that like, I hadn't really thought about it until now, but because I haven't played Doom in like 20 years, maybe, maybe more. Really? I don't know. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. But like, yeah, yeah that was it. That was, that was, a, that was like a thing in Doom, though. I mean, that was it, just like wandering around the level and seeing like a thing on a higher level. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, it's weird how like. And then, and then you go and start yeah. hugging every wall. Yeah, you hug all the walls. Panels just, will open. Yeah, you yeah. put the map overlay on and just watch your little like carrot drive around them. Yeah, I mean, oh, man, weird. Mm-hmm. It's weird how slavishly like yeah. similar this game is to Did you guys find, Doom in terms of level structure. For sure. I mean, it's obviously very intentional. <clears throat> Did you guys find the uh, Doom room, the like old Doom room? No, I've, I've seen, seen a video of it, yeah, but I haven't yeah. found it yet. Yeah. I, I found I was really confused when I, when I found it. <laughs> I didn't realize what was happening. And then I was hoping I could just play more of it. But I think there are like there's one of those per uh, map. I oh, guess. crazy. Yeah, okay. I saw some kind of like thing that just said like find a different do uh, like original doom thing uh-huh. on in every level. Yeah. The way that that thing is lit and presented is really nice. Looking really good. Like, oh. It looks just like Doom. Also, yep. speaking of Devil Daggers, there's actually, did you get to the challenge um, things? The little like challenge no. kind of um, rooms, like arenas? I don't know. Yeah, Devil Daggers is actually just hidden inside this game because there, there's like a sequence of like, um, or like a, like a cache of uh, challenges throughout the game. And you just load into like a tiny, um, like circular arena, and then they just drop in. They just spawn like so. Just a Doom d- mechanics bullet hell show. Yeah, it's just a yeah, it's just a little like hmm. yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really but good. That's, that's inside of the campaign, or yeah, or, yeah, no? yeah. It's just like you are those just built, run across. Like, are those a, built using their level editor tool? Sorry, I, I, I interrupted you. Sorry, I don't know. I haven't checked any of that stuff out yet. Okay, um, sorry. I keep I talking. I didn't mean to. No, no, no. Out. It's just you just find like a little icon um, as you're running around the campaign, and then just hit. It just says like, "Would you like to do this challenge?" It feels like something in the middle of like a multiplayer game um, huh. that you would find. But um, anyway, I, yeah. I've not found any of those yet. Are they hidden? Or? No, they're the first one's very blatant. It's just like three hours in, maybe two and a half hours in. All right. Um, there's a lot of stuff in this game. I haven't done. I haven't looked at multiplayer at all. I don't even know what it is. Like I, I, I know I they have like the it. snap level, their snap thing, yeah. whatever that is. I don't. I, I played it map. when they snap did map. the. Uh, I played it when they did the open multiplayer weekend. Yeah, that's what you're talking about on the ago. podcast. I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it was pretty fun. But the snap map is their multi, their level design. Like right? simple level yeah, design. Yeah. Yeah. Is that called that because you're basically piecing together I'm prefabs? You're snapping together. Yeah, I think you have you have primitives yeah. and prefabs, and you have a like high frequency grid that you can drop things onto. That's cool. Um, even only being an hour into Doom, as much as I love how insanely fast paced everything is and how it sort of has that art like arcadey strategic dodge stuff, given how like given how high fidelity everything is, and also given my memory of doom original doom i do hope that there are a couple places where they take the foot off the gas a little bit Mm -hmm. um because i I suspect that the reason that this thing is unrelenting is partly course correction from doom 3 which was very relenting doom 3 was you know just like a lot of you're in a creepy corridor and then one guy shows up because we can't render 20 guys Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but if you if you think back to your memories of original doom it's it for me at least it seems like 50 50 which is probably inaccurate of of arenas filled with monsters and 
walking through hallways with a flickering light and hearing a little like snarling thing in the background that could be a monster in the room or not. And right. this game seems like it's m- m- far more interested God. in the former and Doom 3 so, was exclusively yeah. interested in the there, latter. I've, I've had I, a few sections at this point, but not okay. Not maybe not quite as far as, as it, like the snarling thing I've had once where I turned around in circles for like an hour just trying to find what? the snarling thing. Was like, guy? Yeah. yeah, it was like it was like you know the the constant like the same wave file being played over and over again, and I was like, "Where is this guy?" I, I've had that experience a number of times, <laughs> but the but the way the game works has made me not. That's the thing. It does, I was just gonna say it doesn't it's just sort of yeah. Part one of the enemy is but, not as dangerous. But that being said, the point that I'm at now it is, I guess the way the game works at this point like. If you die, it doesn't even matter, right? Because you just you just spawn back uh, at a checkpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in original Doom, you could you have I to guess do you the could level keep back over. Yeah, so it's a little more harsh. Which yeah, I guess that just I would be annoyed though in this game if I had to yeah start the level over. It's just they, not, probably, they made the right choice. These are like big that. complicated levels, but yep. but um, I if you care about trying to find secrets, which is definitely something that I think is like almost a genetical genetic predisposition right like some people just do not care and some people really care a lot um and if you do care about that it sort of creates the thing that you're talking about jake because i find myself spending actually a, probably about a 50 50 ratio between fighting guys in arenas and then just you'll, traversing you'll like the clear shit a out space of and then yeah. explore it okay or try to anyway i mean yeah. some of the stuff is really hidden yep but i spend a lot of time just trying out weird jumps and like exploring corners. Have you found any secrets where the secret is a way overpowered enemy that just wrecks you? No, (laughs) hopefully that exists though. Yeah. The world where you're like, ah, guy behind this door is something awesome. And then just a guy (laughs) who should be not found for three more levels uh, appears. And then he gives you something awesome. He gives you like a sprite of a screaming orb. (laughs) (laughs) True. Yeah. Screaming orb sprite. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm. I'm really glad that this thing is good. No, me too. Re- I'm totally re- shocked. Honestly, it's really refreshing playing a game that is just one to one in terms of what it is presenting and what it is to play it. Right? Like, there's no. Yeah. There's 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 no uh, like yeah bait and switch or anything. That's yeah. Word, it's but just, like there's, I don't know how. Yeah. I don't know how you put it. But it's uh, you're 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 a man who is supposed to be doing what he's doing in this game. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> this is your destiny. Yeah. To, be this guy yeah. it is it is impossible to speculate with any accuracy but i do wonder if this is the doom that we got at all because john carmack is absent from id software at well this i point. know all the the things about all this you're not allowed I can't, to i'm not at liberty to, i'm not at liberty to speak <laughs> but i will i will say this much i mean and this is public information like this game went through a lot of revisions yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just it's nice to play an id game for what feels like the first time in a while that is driven by a desire to have a specific set of mechanics and is refined around movement and enemy encounters and not clearly also driven by a desire to render things in a specific way. Like Doom 3 felt very much like guys, we've invented modern gloss maps and real-time shadows uh, or rage was like, guys, we've invented infinite terrain and mega textures and a really good way to stream worlds in and then build a game around the limitations of those. This feels very much like 
Yep. Let's we ta- know how to make a game. We can put a game on a screen. Yeah. Let's let's so what should that game be? Yeah, let's look right. at, at some yep. of the things that were actually good on the mechanical side about the heritage of that studio and make a game based on that. Like yeah. that said, that, it's it's also really refreshing to play a game that runs as well as this game does. Yeah, yeah it, it is runs holy so well. crap. I mean, it's yeah. weird. It's really yeah, weird a- after, in a way. After a horrible uh, first five minutes, yeah, which right. apparently a ton of people have, where the game is like unpacking itself secretly without telling you or doing some horrible thing, quitting and re- yeah, I have an I have a computer that I know I need to upgrade because of every other game that exists, uh, and I can't run Doom at native res on my monitor that's too big okay, for my graphics that's card. That's because your monitor is like thirty four fifty by fourteen forty. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's fucking it's, weirdo. Yeah, so I, I can't I can't run it on that uh, on at full res on that. But uh, their advanced settings has a just render the game at a slightly lower res and still draw it full screen slider, which is hilariously reminiscent of the old Doom, except yeah. that instead of shrinking, yeah. instead of drawing a border around it, it just scales it up. But I'm running at like the smoothest frame rate that I've run a first person shooter or a, a video, a modern video yeah. game in yeah. years. Yeah. It's amazing. It still looks really good. Yeah. Um, Jake, to, t- to your point about uh, this game f- feeling like something where the studio actually tried to look back to its own heritage and figure out the game first rather than sort of reverse engineering it from uh, the the uh, graphical context or the sort of technological context. I think that's the kind of thing that is actually sort of only possible when enough of the or, uh, original um, sort of team is no longer no longer has something to prove there mm, right it's like you kind of need it to be like the next generation of people who grew well, up on the first thing as opposed to um the other thing I, I might say uh this is slightly like inside baseball but like the thing about the thing that's nice about bethesda and working at bethesda is that which now be, owns it which now owns its software and and you know whatever the relationship between bethesda and id and bethesda and the rest of its studios is is probably tighter than most people would assume in the sense that like, yeah, they own its software. They go down to its software. There are conversations between Bethesda and its software. Um, it's nice because uh, a lot of the people working at Bethesda are f- like actual people for, who play games here, and people who started. Oh yeah. I worked at Bethesda recently. once. Nick used to um, work at Bethesda software. Yeah. yeah and like, whatever, it's not always a hundred percent, you know, Whatever. It's it's hard it's hard to work at a publisher and things are just going to go poorly for whatever reason yeah, a lot sure. of the time. But uh that being said, everybody there I think generally has played Doom a lot and loves it. You know what I mean? And that's the like as much as it's really hard to make a game, it's I think it's really important for like that structure to be in place. Um because otherwise, like, whatever. Ugh, this is so, this is stupid to talk about, but like there are things like executive reviews that like a studio has to like present the game to its publisher, and if the publisher watches that and says like oh, it should be more like Call of Duty, then that whole game gets thrown out and and is becomes Call of Duty. And I think the thing that was nice um, while I was there is that there was just like a genuine love for like games and like Doom itself and like why that game was good. And I think it's interesting for me to now look at this game and go, okay, like. I can understand how this got shepherded finally to the place that it did because people probably just generally wanted that version of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's weird. interesting. It's it weird. Is, it is very surprising and unusual for a game that has been redeveloped this many times, or I don't know how many times it is exactly, but for a game that clearly has spent years being kind of reconceived, it is super strange for it to have ended up 
this focused and intentional and specific because usually what happens when a game goes through all of those reconceptions is that it ends up bloated and overambitious in the wrong ways and like lacking focus because it has to satisfy so many different people's ideas about what the point of it is and incorporate all of those things in to get buy off from you know sign off from all of the people responsible for it Mm -hmm. and that is just almost never good and uh good job to them yeah yeah doom doom i'll play more doom yep looking forward to doom 2 maybe maybe i'll stream some doom on sunday because you should do that you're going to be out of town yeah uh this sunday so you can't do your uh dark souls stream but you uh, you said you're going to try and stream some more Dark Souls on maybe Friday. Yeah, I'll stream. I'll do. I'll do that Dark Souls stream on Friday. Uh, I think at noon Pacific. Okay, uh, is when I will attempt. I'll try. That. I'll try and uh, Skype in. Yeah, that'd be a fun. Little bit. Yeah. Um, and I'll Skype in from Disneyland to your your Doom stream pointlessly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That seems like That'll a, be a yeah, good juxtaposition please, please from yeah. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Oh my God! If you could, <laughs> oh, if you could stream <laughs> you could from the hell, from the hell level, from hell of oh, yeah. Mr. Shit, Toad's Wild Ride. Talking about. Oh my God. Yeah. Nick only is allowed to stream from inside the end of Mr. Toad's just Wild ride, ride over and over and over and, again. Uh, the Indiana Jones Indiana ride. Jones ride. Yeah. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, now we really have to do this. Yeah, probably. I don't yeah. know if you'll be able to get service inside the Indiana Jones ride, but probably Mr. Toad, not. the Mr. walls Toad, are thin enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mr. Toad is basically outside. Yeah. Uh, just with cardboard. You could also stream, uh, join in from Heimlich the Caterpillar's like food eating <laughs> roller coaster train. Uh, right. That would be fine as yeah. well. Okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, I'm excited about this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um. Jake, you played Uncharted? <laughs> I, we, were we talking about Uncharted or are we taking uh, a break? Yeah, we, we can talk about well, it. I, you want to talk about Dark Souls actually first? Oh, since oh yeah. Oh, okay. We'll come, yeah. Dark Souls. See, just because we're already talking about the stream. So, you, Nick, you did your, what, part four, part five? Part four. five. Part five. 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 Oh, my God. Five. Of your Dark Souls three. There's now, there's that. there's got to be, what, 20 plus hours of this thing now? It's probably more than that at this point. 25 hours probably yeah. of, uh, yeah. of Nick playing Dark Souls. On uh, uh, if you missed any of these, which you almost certainly did, because there's 25 hours of it, uh, you can go to YouTube.com/slash/IdleVideos and find. There's a playlist that has all five parts. Yeah. So far, this was a grueling week. Uh, I don't. <laughs> it was real. It was really. Yeah. It was really bad. <laughs> um, of course, like in classic uh, Dark Souls fashion, the most beautiful level is also the most horrible, uh, challenging. Uh, gross level um which is what i don't know what it's called <laughs> it's the one that looked glowy and blue irithyll or something i don't know people probably know what this stuff is i don't i don't pay attention to anything while I'm playing this game clearly <laughs> they know um people know that yeah people know that but um god yeah no this was that was a tough stream because uh i basically bumbled through a level got to a boss that is apparently one of the hardest bosses in the game and then that had a chip on my shoulder because at this point I've just kind of waltzed through the last few bosses and just was stuck on him like a 90s boss for maybe a straight hour. Like a uh, 90s boss? Yeah, you know, like the boss that you just go, okay, I'm not playing the rest of this game. This is I'm done with this game. But you're I streaming, can't. so you have But it. I'm streaming, so I have to do it. <laughs> it's weird that I'm making myself go through this because it's actually like this this type of game, like ignoring actually this type of game or whatever Dark Souls is, 
traditionally, like when I've played games, I just I care nothing for bosses. Bosses are just things that are ba- basically mean. Yeah, I just like stop playing the game. Like that's just the point at which. Like, if it's hard enough, I just, okay, this game is terrible because it has a boss fight. I just throw it out. Like Yeah, it's just, I, I've, just... I've hit a boss in Hyperlight Drifter that is so hard and wrecks me so much yeah. that I have stopped playing that game for, for until I can hopefully muster the strength up to fight that stupid boss. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. It's weird, though, streaming, though, because people will Fucking just bosses, say... Right? Yeah, bosses are lame. Often. Yeah, yeah, they suck. Um, but people just, like, you know... Uh, you can do it, Nick. Right? You can do it. You, you, it's possible. I did it, so you can do it. And it's this weird, like, support group thing where you're just like, <laughs> there are just people in a circle, like, yeah, it took me like twenty tries. I, I, uh, I don't know, but I, but I think with 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 your support, we can get through this. And, and it's just okay. Well, I, think that, I guess yeah, I'm just I think I'm gonna a weird. I think the the Dark Souls community, yeah. in total, a has a weird, yeah, like defensive insecurity mm-hmm. support group thing going on yeah. where it's like they're so accustomed to people just dismissing these games as just like oh they're just impossible they're just totally pointlessly impossible they're like no 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 you can totally do it there's this like yeah. solidarity thing of like no 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 you can totally do it we all did it we can all do it together the thing We're that almost broke it. me this week though which is <laughs> they're like weird. ropes course guides yeah, or something yeah yeah fall <laughs> you fall backwards i'll catch you you can climb up this pole it's okay you you don't think that you can but you really can and then yeah. there's the zip line at the top the weird, the weird thing about this week is that people from the start were just like, you're not going to be able to do it. Just run through the level. Run through the level. Do the thing you're going to do, you baby. Just run through. We know you're going to do it. And then you're going to get to this boss. There's no way. Just call call in a multiplayer guy. Just Jesus. get somebody to help you this because there's no there's no Sounds. way you're going to be able to do this. Uh, you're bad at this game. You're really bad. And, uh, well, chat has turned. Well, I, I think... What was, Did you win what, them back over was again? Well, I, there were a few people in there who had no idea what Idle Thumbs was. So that was that was interesting. Um, so they just thought so I was some really stupid bad player, just... which I am. <laughs> but yeah, it was a weird they had introduction. No reason to care about you or be invested in your success whatsoever. Exactly. Yeah. It was this very like harsh like reality of like, oh yeah, nobody... These people don't care about me at nobody all. Nobody cares. And I'm just... I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> this is bad. Um, Maybe over time that that the the proportion will eventually tilt towards being mainly those people. It might, uh, which will be a scary time. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's when the need for the drinks will right really. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Reach. I, I have a question for you, Nick. I saw a little bit of your stream. Yeah, Was it last sorry. week when you claimed that you had one hundred percent internalized Dark Souls three? I had, and then on this stream, it seemed like I saw that you had an internalization level percentage <laughs> like bar yeah. as you were playing the game. Yeah. Did you? How did you funny. set that up? Or were you hand updating that? Or I was, was hand updating that. Okay. <laughs> oh no, that was that was a biometric uh, reader. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know if you just like cheesily the, um, set that up on a timer that it would just go up. Over no, I was five using hours. the Wii heartbeat meter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you had a, the lower your heartbeat, like yeah. the ratio of your heartbeat to the intensity of the boss you're fighting. Right. If you can maintain like a steady heartbeat while fighting a particular, then you have truly internalized boss. Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah. There was there was a really interesting moment in that stream actually where. Um, so I was, uh, it, it actually gave me some insight into kind of what people expect out of streams because I was playing through like the sewer zone and, uh, people were like, oh man, he's going to get to the spiders. Don't tell him about the spiders. Wait, 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 just, just let him, just let him get to the spiders. The spiders are going to freak him out, man. <laughs> it was just, oh, it's going to be so good. And I was just glancing at chat like, okay, the spider, sure. And I, I like, you know, walk into the sewer and there are these spiders that just come out and they're like weird spider beasts with like long black hair and they're just all gross 
but like I don't know. I played enough games. Like Resident Evil Four just desensitized me to all this stuff. Yeah. I think we actually talked about like this stuff on the stream. It's just like not not no gross weird spider guy like is ever gonna like shock me. But all you're supposed to do is go whoa yeah. whoa. Yeah. So I got I got to the spiders and I was just like killing them. And then I think like a couple people were just like oh way to show no emotion. <laughs> like, no emotion. This game is destroying me. I'm constantly freaking out on the stream. But like, oh, I gotta like freak out about the spiders now? Like, what am I just gonna just constantly be like, whoa! Take a look at PewDiePie, man. (laughs) 50 bajillion subscribers, can't be wrong. (laughs) I was like, all right. uh, Yeah. And then the last thing I'll say is that um, I drank less on this stream, and and I think I did worse for it because Fuck. there's because a you were weird. Inhibited. Yeah, you're there's a weird. There's a weird flow state you have to get. You in didn't to get into that soul's flow. I didn't. I didn't get into it. Um, but I just I couldn't do it that Sunday. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. Uh, maybe on Friday afternoon I will just get like you know I'll just ruin myself. I look forward to another one where everyone can be present because the 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 more of us in the same room, it I turns know. out the more uh, yeah the more rum and sugar is imbibed. It's yeah. that that and then also it distracts me enough to the point where I yeah I can just turn off the part of my brain that stops me from. I feel well, like I was, yeah. I was also talking to when I was at the the conference in in Moscow. I was talking to a guy from Twitch who was there, and he was saying that like having multiple people on the stream is actually a really great thing because at this point, so many like such an incredibly high percentage of Twitch streams are just one person sitting yeah. there playing a game. And so, and it's just kind of boring sort of like, cause it's just yeah. one person kind of talking well, to themselves and not really doing anything. Yep. The other thing is it's hard to do. Yeah. Like, I, it's I, really hard to be for, an entertainer was, and to be playing a game. Yeah, I was yeah. trying to keep up with the chat. That's the then, thing that I think is actually great is when there's another person in the room, your chat goes through an editor. Yeah. So what information is imparted to you and what yeah, is no, held? That's part of the fun. When I was watching you, like the thing that was, weird about it is that you were sort of like half talking to chat yeah. but i couldn't really read the chat because i was on the plane oh, so i just okay, had this yeah. weird you being like oh yeah name of chat person yeah, like okay yeah, yeah. and i'm like i don't know what he's talking about or like what is going on or anything <laughs> yeah. well yeah it's and then part of that too is that i because it's a game that people have so many opinions about yeah. i'm constantly like there's there is a good percentage of my brain power that is going into like making up or down decisions on what people are telling me to do yeah, While no, I'm trying yeah. to beat a boss that's insane, it's just like, oh my, and then I'm drunk, and it's like, oh, there's just like, there's too many things to possibly handle. Yeah. yeah. And, you need yeah. you need a chat handler. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A chat master. Anyway, a maybe. chat meister. Hopefully, <laughs> we'll do a weird, I'll do another weird one just to keep up with it, because I I think I have to just to not let my skills degrade yeah. uh, any further, <laughs> but then uh, maybe ho- hopefully the week after that we can. Did we you can make do one? Did uh, you another. make net progress? I did. Yeah, I beat that boss. Okay, um, which was really that was that bosses that was that was one of the hardest things I've ever done in a game. Oh wow, maybe the hardest thing. Yeah, and people were like, oh, I was like one guy was like, it's the hardest boss in the game. You're, you'll be fine. And then I beat it, and people were like, oh, that's like nothing compared to the next guy. <laughs> I was like, oh god. <laughs> Oh, it's it's gotten really really hard, but I was I was pretty proud of myself for actually All destroying right. that thing. It was exciting still. All right. So, yeah. so we'll try and uh stream Dark Souls on Friday at noon Pacific. Uh and then um I will try and stream something on Sunday. And then probably at like 1 p.m. Pacific. We should still well, one people keep asking about the the people a lot of people are asking about the Wizard Jam stream on Yeah, my we have last to put stream. that on the calendar. So, we'll yeah, we'll pick a date for that soonish, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but then also that'll probably be in like two weeks. I also, guess. I would like to do Stellaris, if only because I like to talk about that on a podcast. Yeah. Um, 
if we do that one it's going to probably have to be on like a weeknight or something because i because um this coming weekend you're out of town the following weekend i'm out of town the weekend after that is probably wizard jam maybe probably i don't know all right well there's you know like we've said before there's nick made a thread on the idle forums if you go to the idle thumbs episode sub forum uh, there is an Idle Thumbs stream pinned thread, and that has like the date and time for the next stream. So uh, go on there and keep up with that. Subscribe to that thread, and uh, you'll keep up with that information. Also, you guys mentioned Wizard Jam. Wizard Jam is going strong. It's probably too late at this point to start to a game. start a whole yeah. game. Although, man, someone what was last week's episode called? Uh, letter, some dead letters. Dead, dead letters. letters. Someone has already started a Wizard Jam game called <laughs> Dead Letters. <laughs> wow! But awesome. uh, Wizard Jam, if you if you've missed the last couple episodes, is a community game jam the, going on in our forums. It's two weeks long. It's people making games with no restriction other than the name of your game has to be the name of an Idle Thumbs episode. Man, someone is doing cruising for a word that rhymes with cruising, uh, and it looks like. <laughs> Uh, the aesthetics look like Dreamcast era Crazy Taxi, but you're picking up Tony Hawk's skate letters, except that they're all words that rhyme with cruising. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. That's really good. Uh, and someone in the forums pitched that the game over screen says losing, uh, and that is apparently now in that game. Uh, someone there's all there's multiple car games that all look like surprisingly fully realized there was a idle weekend episode called in search of burnout paradise and burnout was in a in parentheses uh, and someone is making in search of paradise as well and it's just this really nice looking game where you're driving a car that has like full physics suspension uh, through a desert uh and it's crazy to see people building full 3d like car driving games from scratch like yeah. things that would be a full triple a experience like three console generations ago are now right. just being slammed together yeah. for fucking wizard jam yeah. there's some good stuff go to the idle thumbs dot uh, net forums there's a full wizard jam sub forum and there's like 40 game project dev threads full of interesting images and design ideas you can look at someone had made uh the eyes of luigi which i think was uh that was our title of about Luigi giving you the stare down in Mario Kart for the Wii U, mm-hmm. but the eyes of Luigi is actually a first person. Like, it seems like it might be a walking simulator where you are Luigi, it looks like it, yeah. just being fucking bummed out about all the stuff in your house uh, and about like the malaise of Luigi's Doesn't life. Game feature art by Stephen Frank of Panic. Yes, <laughs> yeah, uh, Stephen Frank of Panic, the guys who funded Firewatch. Their co-founder is drawing a bunch of completely ridiculous like weird ghosts and sad Luigi hands and stuff for that game. I don't know. Uh, You can look at all of Mario's trophies and be sad and like some sort of bummed out ghosts appear. Uh, It seems like it's just sort of a Luigi malaise simulator. (laughs) Also fucking dot gobbler is going strong. Oh yeah. Someone made is anyway, there's a, there's a, we made an episode called dot gobbler, which is just a (laughs) shitty Pac-Man ripoff. And then someone is now, this is the second jam I think with a dot gobbler, but this one is like, there's a fully 3d rigged, fucking sad fat dot gobbler yeah. who like grabs pills and shoves them in his mouth while making that like crying <laughs> smile face uh i don't know good stuff yep. wizard jam it's all good it's all very very good yeah um all right man it's weird listening to us talk about this stuff and if you actually give a shit about this stupid podcast and website there's like a lot of stuff to do on it now between all of our podcasts and the streams and this like and the fact that there's now a twice engine. a year game jam yeah, that happens yeah, that is really huge. like exciting it's yeah. cool to me to see it um all right well let's take a break video games 
This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by the Idle Thumbs Network, where you can now find several podcasts about games, one about books, and one about Netrunner. (laughs) Because why not? Uh, Our other podcasts include Three Moves Ahead, which you may have accidentally listened to on this very feed this week. Uh, Three Moves Ahead is the premier strategy game podcast. They just did an episode about Stellaris. Uh, We also have Idle Weekend featuring Rob Zachney and Danielle Riendo uh, talking every week about what's going on in the world of video games and also about the pop culture that they've been enjoying. Uh, The Idle Book Club every month reads a work of fiction and discusses it. We just released our episode about The Man in the High Castle by Philip K. Dick, which was really great. I had a lot of fun reading that book and talking about it. It was just astonishingly good. We've got Playscape Los Angeles featuring Hyperlight Drifter developer Teddy Deef talking to various members of the Los Angeles game indie game scene. Terminal 7, all about Netrunner, the card game, hosted by two big Netrunner aficionados. And Designer Notes, hosted by Soren Johnson and Friends, an ongoing series of long-form, in-depth developer interviews. You can find all of these at idlethumbs.net slash shows. Thanks, Idle Thumbs. Oh, don't mention it, Chris. Oh, this time I get to answer as Idle Thumbs instead of pretending to be the advertiser thanking you. Yeah. Also, buy a mattress, probably. Video game. Hey! Are we back? Yeah, I said oh. hey real loud, so we are. <laughs> Nick sounded sad. <laughs> oh! Oh! <laughs> So, Jake, you played a couple hours of Uncharted, and I watched you play. I did. I played Uncharted 4. Yes. A Thief's End. Um, I guess, actually, since this is Uncharted, since it's a big single-player story game, I should probably we should probably put a spoiler thing in here, because there are people who are just going to bail out if they hear me talking about Uncharted spoilers, which is... Yeah, that's probably which true. Which is fine. So, hey... Also, the thing that I want to talk about most is sort of inherently a spoiler. I know, yeah. Uh, all, all I want to talk about are specifics, because it's an Uncharted game that is actually all there is to talk about. So, um, come back at a time that is... 69 minutes 30 seconds. And uh, then we will be done talking about Uncharted 4 spoilers. Okay, I have to remember to put that in there. I'll leave myself a note to tell you to put that in there. Oh, thanks, Jake. Yeah. Um, (sighs) So, I guess we should get the perfunctory stuff out of the way, uh, which is that Uncharted 4 is like from an aesthetic standpoint out of control i mean everyone yeah, it's really gorgeous it's, that goes that goes without saying basically because every piece of media that you see from uncharted 4 looks to be of a higher fidelity than like fully computer animated films of the late 90s yeah. like like the stupid old final fantasy feature film i suspect probably doesn't hold up compared to the level the of detail time. and <laughs> lighting that uncharted 4 is just rendering in real time on a playstation like the the visuals in this game are crazy and like the way that drake moves and animates and stuff is just really good mm-hmm. um also it's still an uncharted game you basically jump around on stuff and then dodge bullets uh and ingest a million bullets to get to the next crazy visual showy thing mm-hmm. um uh, i don't know when playing these games like you said chris i just i wish that i liked the mechanics of an uncharted game more because the like richness of being inside of this game is mm-hmm. is intense yeah um the things that i want to talk about though there's a couple one chris that you weren't there for which i'll i'll talk about first i guess okay is um 
I really, I actually really liked the structure of the beginning of Uncharted, of Uncharted Four. There's like, there's some cutscenes that feel a little long-winded and whatever else, but it goes from a big stupid chase sequence on a boat because Uncharted can't resist the ha- opening with a big action sequence, which which sucks because Uncharted Two opened with a really quiet one where you're climbing on the train and it was really good, but whatever. Uh, it cuts back in time to Drake being a kid in an orphanage, which is fine, um, and then it cuts to a young Drake stealing a thing out of a uh, Peruvian was it Peru P- Panamanian or Panamanian a Panamanian prison a different P alliteration which was also fine and like the beginning of some Uncharted stuff uh, and then it hard cuts again um, to present day Drake underwater uh, with your it's like scuba oh yeah this is where I left yeah you yeah. have scuba gear on and you're pulling crates out of a container ship or you're putting crates into a container ship because you're in the middle of some treasure rescuing salvage operation um, but the reveal here is actually really good I thought because you you complete getting these sort of not English labeled crates into this shipping container um, and then swim up the the crane comes down from the boat that's running the salvage operation that you're on attaches it to it and they say oh you want to ride up and you say sure and you hold on to it and then when it pops up um you're just in a river in the middle of some uh what looks like east coast seaboard american city and it's just a shipping truck that fell off of a bridge and you're just doing like boring ass salvage work like they rip open the treasure or the the crates and they're like, what do we got? And it's just a bunch of copper spools. And the guy's like, oh, you could sell these for a lot of money. And like that was actually like that moment actually played yeah, cool. so much better for me than any of the other. What is Nathan Drake's life like when he's uh-huh. not being a fake Indiana Jones? Like that's probably the most realistic depiction of what a guy like this would mm-hmm. be doing every time, except the one time that he got a big score. Um, and then it cuts from there to basically Nathan Drake gone home, where you're in this outrageously detailed house Hmm. um and you can you're like he has converted his attic into his like drake study so you can like look at artifacts from previous uncharted games um and there's all these little like plastic purple plastic tubes around uh, and you don't know what they're for until you get to the end of this room and find a nerf gun and then you could just be like bored retired dad shooting (laughs) at physics objects with a little pop gun using all the cover mechanics yeah Uh, and if you shoot all the stupid little like masks and dumb shit that he oh and all the little plastic tubes just destroy your artifact no they just he just has like there's little paper plate targets that just sort of flap around with like with really lightweight physics and you can also like knock some of the cloth around and stuff but i was hoping you would say that you could like shoot no, you them at all your little like like <laughs> artifacts and treasures and then they they if they break they, they're all physically controlled so if they fall off the wall and then break then at the end of the game you have get like a negative score modifier <laughs> just, from like six hours ago I, when you shot up all your crap now nah, all, all, the, all the targets are clearly just things that a bored drake has put up in his room so that he can sort of just idly pop a nerf gun at stuff from his desk but all the little plastic tubes that are laying around are revealed to be like reload points so you're using the cover system to just roll around like a fucking kid in your office uh, and then your wife downstairs like is like well, are you coming married I, yeah shows what i know about uncharted yeah well i don't i i assume this is all a post uncharted one two three okay uh, you hear like that your wife is downstairs and that it's you're you're obviously not coming down to dinner on time and you can sort of gone home can you th- shoot her with the nerf gun? no you have to put the gun back in the holster oh, so you can't keep the nerf gun and have it be just in your arsenal later <laughs> yeah, in the game accidentally you screw yourself over i mean maybe you like, can in a oh firefight you're like oh no you Oh my up. god, that would be the ultimate Indiana Jones with the guy with the sword, and then just pull out the gun. But it's a Nerf. Gun. But it's a Nerf gun. <laughs> I don't know because I put it back in the holster. But I yeah. assume that's what you have to do to activate the attic uh, yeah. thing. Bummer. But 
But like, I wandered through a bedroom and looked through some old wedding photos and like fucked around in the bathroom for a second. And then the thing that is you've probably seen gifs of like this whole sequence. Oh, the PS. Yeah, you sit down with your wife uh, on the couch, and there's a conversation about who's going to wash dishes. She cooked so you'll clean, and then uh, Drake says, I'll play you for it, and I guess she's a big video game fan, and then they fucking load up a PlayStation 1, and you play the first level of Crash Bandicoot. (laughs) With running commentary by him and his wife about how shit you are at Crash Bandicoot. Oh, man. And it's just running a PlayStation emulator. It's so like that. That's really good. So, yeah. And, uh, like, again, like. So, we basically both just played games in the last several days that include old yeah yeah games weird. running inside yeah of so like that whole sequence you know it i wish that it was a little bit tighter in how it's put together but just its presence at all in that game was like oh man that is yeah, like great that is what i want the most out of this stupid thing i mean i'm sure the next thing that happens i stopped playing basically right at the start of the next mission which i'm sure is just uncharted it's gone crash crazy bandicoot 2 it's <laughs> <laughs> crash bandicoot 2 collect the crash bandicoot uh, dvds or see uh, like the, that fell out of the truck yeah that's what you were diving for <laughs> you know, it's just like oh it's crash bandicoot oh man gamestop <laughs> can you beat the entire can you play the entire game of crash bandicoot no you get oh, wh- whenever man. you get game over or get to a certain point it shows your high score versus your wife's high score and i don't know if you can beat your wife's oh, high score man. i, I definitely did not i ate i ate shit yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, you just get, to, I, I think that it's a limited amount, but there, you know, when you die or when you do stupid stuff, you hear her like ribbing you or him being like, I don't know what a video game is, which is wacky meta, whatever. Cause, yeah. but it, they did a really good job of it. Just like seeing the mocap really high fidelity, Nathan Drake holding a DualShock one controller, or maybe even a pre DualShock controller. Cause you have to use the D pad uh-huh. to control yeah. uh, oh, crash. Um, seeing it cut back and forth from, a like super high res PS4 rendering of an HD TV with that texture drawn on it. Yeah. And then a guy playing it like it, the, it was, it was, it was obviously also just showy for like, look how far sure. we've come yeah, or whatever, yeah. but it was also oh, just like, it was, it was pretty seamless and good. Yeah. That's great. So that Nerf gun uncharted and playing crash bandicoot with your <laughs> wife uncharted was a surprise, a surprising good interlude. Nice. Um, the what other year is this meant? Is this game meant to take place? It seems like it must be now or like. So they just like old, crappy games. Mean, so. I'm sure Crash Bandicoot's good. I mean, the like this, the like this, the cell phones that people have and like the flat screen on the com- of the computer in uh, Drake's uh-huh. office imply that it's like. So they just have a weird now or older way I th- to determine dishes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that, I Nathan think, Drake doesn't realize that there are better newer video games. Right. It's, it's presented yeah. like this conversation has never come up before, but also yeah, I think the implication is that she just has the PlayStation 1 because it's the game that she likes, like where someone mm-hmm. just has their Mario plugged in or whatever. Right, yeah. Um, but uh, that stuff was good uh, and was a notable surprise. The other totally notable surprise <laughs> for all reasons but uh, uh, is that there is a photography mode inside of Uncharted 4, which is fucking awesome. It's, it's again, really another, it's another way to just, for them to just show off, but also it's a really cool way to take the fact that they have this game that's running in real time and that you can obviously therefore screw with it as a player and tie it into the PlayStation 4 share feature. Like you can pa- mm. you can pause the game into photo mode at any time by clicking the left and right sticks. And then you're basically given a real-time video game version of Instagram. Like it's the your your dream version of this where you can 
if you're if you're not in a cutscene, if you're in the player camera, like if you can move the camera with the right stick in the main game in photo mode, you have full camera control where you can swivel it all the way around uh, Drake, but also change the angle up and down. You can offset it. You can zoom in and out. You can adjust the field of view. But also they have a uh, focal plane that you can put in, so you can have a depth of field blur. Um, you can also add in various Instagram style color filtering. You can add film grain. You can add chromatic aberration to sort of like have some weird color separation. Um, there's a bunch of other features you can have, but the, the, uh, oh, also, well, the, the other thing you can do, which, uh, is, is really cool for compositional purposes is you can filter which characters are in the shot. So you can turn anything into a solo Drake photo by filtering player only. You can also turn off civilians. You can, um, also show like, uh, you can turn off enemies you can turn off buddies you can do all these things um the implications of this <laughs> the implications are, of this are amazing so we first started off by taking a photo series of just this one really awkward npc in the um in the, vargas yeah vargas in the panamanian prison mission there's this sort of it's like a prison key he's like a, like a jailer a sleazy jailer character who's like mocap acting is really nuanced but also like sometimes he looks like he's in an fmv game so we just Mm. cranked up the like noise and grit level to make (laughs) it look like an old shitty uh quick time basically and removed drake and took all these really awkward pictures of him that just looked like the worst like 90s stock photography uh, in the world (laughs) when you remove drake in a cutscene where another person is talking with Drake, it just makes them look like they're super over emoting right. to like a photographer who's like, okay, now look, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. now yeah. look exasperated. Okay, great. Now like point at, <laughs> take like, off your glasses part way and then point at a thing yeah, behind you. Like right. you're giving a presentation. <laughs> yeah. Like, and so when he's just centered on the screen alone with that, you just turn oh, him man. into like hilarious, like, yeah. you know, stock photo 47 man signals to charts on board. Yeah. So we got super obsessed with playing with the, player layering stuff we finally completed the stupid mission that had vargas in it and then got to the next scene which was a close-up shot of four characters playing dominoes it was like this is the first like real spoiler yeah yeah this this yeah we're in we're in real spoilers out we think so it's an insert shot of three different uh sets of hands like playing with dominoes and just dice and stuff just like whatever prison yard games and i went into photo mode uh and said and just as a joke, I was like, I want to see which guys here are my buddies. And then one set of hands disappeared. Oh, when no. I, when I said, <laughs> oh, no. When I said, hide, oh, my God. When I said, hide buddies. And then Chris yeah. was like, oh, of no, course. Said, I, yeah, yeah. I said, hide buddies. And this, yeah. and it disappeared. And it was, uh, <laughs> and, and then Chris was like, oh, of course, that's the one set of white hands in this shot. Oh, Whoops. No. So that was like, I think oh. your your brother who you're in prison with right. uh, was revealed. But <laughs> so that, that was interesting. And then it, it turns out that... Um, your bro- that's Sam, is that that guy's name? Your brother. Yeah, your brother Sam, I think is his name, uh, Nathan Drake, and uh, this guy Rafe are planning, they are only in this prison because of the heist that you did, so now it's time for the prison break, um, which of course, Vargas, is that that guy's name? Mm-hmm. That guy gets involved in and whatever, but uh, <laughs> the ultimate reveal that was in super intense is once Rafe showed up, I went into photos mode and so- chose hide enemies, and he disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> oh god! Yeah. So, so oh, the third no. guy in your group, who's not you or your brother, is tagged on the enemies layer, and he did not betray us during the entire prison break. Okay. Yeah. He doesn't come okay. back. I don't think for yeah. hours in this game. Okay. So, so photo mode. <laughs> 
is also fucking third Weird. eye spoiler. Yeah. But and also we knew that when we knew when Vargas stopped being involved in the story because he moved from being on the buddies layer to the civilian layer in, in, a, in, in a cut scene. Yeah. Uh, and then he died oh soon. God. And then he died soon after. Um, oh, weird. <laughs> Yeah. Also, you can tell which characters are going to pick objects up or hand things to each other because if a gun gets transferred to an enemy or to a buddy or to Drake, at various points in the cutscene, you can see where they reattach the object and what layer it gets moved to. Mm. So, like, if you hide enemies, sometimes one enemy will disappear, but his AK will still be floating in the shot. But anyway, whatever. The the Rafe consistently on the enemy layer of the photo mode was <laughs> like, are you kidding me? This is, like... <laughs> You know that a tester found that, and then they kept it in the game. But yeah. oh man, yeah, I really want to good... talk to a designer from Naughty Dog and be like, "I know. Yeah. just think this I, is fine." I'm sure, like it's this, g- this game has been out and completed by enough people before this episode goes out that I'm sure there is writing about this, and someone else has noticed it. I deliberately did not look anything up about it because I enjoy. I enjoyed just steeping yeah. in our own fucking yeah. discovery. Like I don't know what happens with Rafe later in the story. I bet he fucking double crosses you. Yep. And I'm really glad that God. that is in the text of yeah. the complete work of the game yeah. in the stupid prison flashback mission uh, that you can you, you can get him to we turn on started, and off with the bad we guys. We basically just started anytime any character was introduced, we just started going in and flipping all the switches. Yeah, it's like, are you friend or foe or a nobody? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, then you figure out like, oh, this crucifix artifact is my buddy today. Yeah. Uh, even though <laughs> Ray- got like Deus Ex computer eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He's just a Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Oh, it it was it was that was Drake knows but he's playing it cool. Yeah. <laughs> My photographic eyes says you're an enemy. <laughs> Maybe canonically this is just Drake like in Photoshop after this game occurs. <laughs> just going through and That's just true. you know photoshopping out. I'm airbrushing my enemies out of my memories. Just get this enemy out of here. Rafe. Yeah. Yeah. Rafe. <laughs> it's an enemy ruining my photo. <laughs> Keeping that, that paints a much weirder picture. He's just the, trying to put it on Facebook. Thirty photographs we took of just Vargas. Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> where Drake painted no, himself no, no. out of them. Yeah, he's just tagging Vargas on Facebook and just uploading it for Vargas' sake. Can you upload? These I, to I a found computer? a cool photo of you here. Can you we, must be able to. Thread. Can we put our Vargas photo album? I, I hope so. Because there's some really good stuff. Yeah, there. Vargas stock photo, royalty free stock photo library yeah, of yeah. of Vargas, like of including super, our, including our like super zoom lens, like far off shot. <laughs> Yeah. Vargas just in the background. Yeah, and the, 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 the final like the final shot is Vargas's corpse in his office. Oh, that too. But with no one yeah. else there. Yeah. Uh, but we also have one where where Drake yeah. is like climbing around on a thing, and then a cr- like you know five hundred yards away on like a little ruin is Vargas, and we just painted Drake out of it. Just, like, <laughs> little like weird surveillance photo of Vargas. <laughs> It's really good. Yeah, that photo mode. Also, just the rendering in that photo mode. The game, the game itself looks beautiful, and then the photo mode is also where they're like, "This reveals how much restraint we've shown in the rest of the rendering of this game because you can go fucking crazy with how that stuff looks by just Mm -hmm. messing with the photo mode, Uh, including revealing your enemies." (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. Yeah, we were so blown away when it was like enemies. What? What? (laughs) It's amazing that they didn't change. That when they become revealed as an enemy, yeah. Yeah. rather it's just canonically part of their just character. Enemy. Like, this character is an enemy, through and through. I wonder if that's just an Easter egg because it's, it's clearly when we encounter Rafe again down the line, it's going to be what a decade later or something. So everyone's going to look older. Like that was that was clearly a de-aged Drake right, that it's we were be playing a as. Model. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Hmm. Uh, 
ultimate meta spoiler that is technically not a spoiler because it is entirely in the text of the game, but it's you still a spoiler because you know it's in the game. Me of? The fact that, okay, so like the fact that there's this consistent meta information about all these characters that, that, um, like, uh, is consistently applied regardless of, you know, what model and textures they have at any given moment, you know, that persists across scenes and like years. I was watching a show on Amazon video recently and I noticed that now, have you guys seen this? I don't know if this is true for every show on Amazon video or not, probably not, but maybe just new shows. I don't know. If you mouse over the video player, if you're watching this on your computer, uh, at any moment, it shows you like the name of the actor of every character who's currently on screen. Oh wow! It is crazy. Weird. They know I was who's on really screen. Conf- I was wondering, it's like, do they just know whose subtitles are on? But no. I they must they must get, get like pro- programmatically get this information from the script. And uh, yeah, it must have to do with. But it's not just subtitles. It's like anyone who's literally on screen. Down Maybe they're running just, face recognition all the time. M- Maybe I don't know. I it's. <laughs> I don't. I, I would be really curious to know how they scale this to a point that it's worth bothering with. But I was really shocked because I, I, the first time I noticed it, I'm like, oh, okay, it's just the stars of the show, it's just the main people from the show. And then I realized at one point, like, it was, it did the exact same thing this did, where it, it would accidentally tell me like, uh, some my, uh, you know, like, uh, mole, like CIA mole or whatever. And I'm just <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, it was really, it's really weird. It's. I, there's we have too much information now like we just we all there's too much information around it when the meta systems are spoiling the main content by way of just actually containing the canonical canonical truth yeah it's very strange i mean in that case it was a little bit less absurd because it was information that was revealed like moments later yeah but it's like cia mole oh there's a mole yeah uh it's uh, yeah it's a strange it's a strange thing, and I'm really curious how they did that. It's much easier to imagine how they, you do that in a video game because that's all data, that's virtual data, you know, that's data that has to be there no matter what right. mm-hmm. um, t- in order to render those characters. But in a television show, like, that, a frame of it is just an image. Yeah. You know, it's just a just an image with no data inherently in it. Uh, yeah, I totally had forgotten about that when, when you were playing Uncharted, but yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was my Uncharted experience was the photo mode spoiling a guy. Yeah. <laughs> And spoilers. And spoilers commence. I mean, they commenced earlier. Yeah. If your fo- spoilers if end. If your spoilers layer is deactivated, uh, the podcast now blips back into view. <laughs> oh, oh, man. This yeah. entire podcast episode actually is unlistenable because the entire thing has been tagged spoilers. <laughs> because of, they didn't change it yeah. when we ended that segment. All right. You want to do some reader mail? Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see here. Jesse Harper writes, Nick and chasing the Dark Souls combat dragon. Listening to Nick come to the simultaneously wonderful and cynical realization that Dark Souls combat is a beautiful sonnet, but by comparison, all other combat systems are vulgar limericks, really took me back to 2009 when I had the same realization playing Demon's Souls. So I figured I'd list a few games for Nick to look into. First, the good thing is Dark Souls 3 is one of the harder games in the series, so you'll find yourself well-prepared going backwards. I recently played Demon's Souls and was surprised to see how incredibly easy it was compared to the more recent entries. Bloodborne is also much a much quicker and very different take on the same combat system. I'd recommend going back to Demon's Souls, then playing either Dark Souls 1 or 2, then Bloodborne. As for recent RPGs, if you haven't given it much time, The Witcher 3 has a very active and fun combat system. It's not quite as focused as Dark Souls, but it does have a similar feel and can be very rewarding in the same way. 
I recommend you play oh. the game on the harder difficulties and really get into the alchemy systems. Interesting. Yeah. It's weird because I, I, I played Witcher 3 and sort of bounced off of the combat specifically. I did too, yeah. So I wonder going back. People if I love would, that uh, game though. People do love that so game. I, I also didn't really get into it for a number of different reasons, but I I wonder if the combat would be less yeah. uh Witcher, Witcher combat has always at least been related to where you where you're positioned relative to enemies, yeah. even though it's not yeah. as, it's, it's not, always been much more intricate than most RPG combat, yeah. which is basically nothing yep. usually. Yeah. Yep. Um, finally, there's Monster Hunter. The combat is very different from Souls slash Born, but man, is it ever rewarding. Things like items, placement, and animations are all very important to the flow of those games. You'll find yourself timing swings to perfectly cleave off a wyvern's tail as he flies by or, or strikes, and placing barrel bombs and traps to blow or ensnare enemies as they swipe at you or limp away in defeat. Sorry. I have to be honest with you, Nick. It's going to be rough moving forward. Few games will ever match up to Souls in the combat department, but rest assured there are options. Love the podcast, guys, and I've been listening since 2008. Keep up the good work, and sorry for the long email. Jesse H. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll probably just go back to Dark Souls 1, uh, yeah. if only because I I don't know. That'd be a fun Playing stream. Playing on a PC would be... See if you could blast through it. Yeah. I think I think I will eventually attempt that. You've probably pre-internalized 100% of Dark Souls Probably, one. yeah. <laughs> I mean, just based on the internalization... Uh, sure, based you on know, your current internalization level of Dark Souls 3. We have to right? assume... Oh, yeah. that's true. Because this is Dark Souls 3, so you've probably... Right, cur- on the curve. You're probably at like 300%, 300% really. of yeah. Dark Souls 1. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. The All math right. guy's working on that. Um, Deborah Taylor Kane <laughs> writes... Hello, Thumbs. Last week's reader mail about the Space Jam song reminded me of the fan-made game Barkley Shut Up and Jam Gaiden. It's a bizarre fever dream of a game and the unofficial sequel to the Genesis and SNES game of similar name. Here's a taste from the wiki page's plot synopsis. The game starts off in 2041. Charles Barkley performed a powerful dunk called a chaos dunk at a basketball game, inadvertently killing most of the people in attendance. As a result, basketball was outlawed and many basketball players were hunted down and killed. In 2053, another chaos dunk is performed in Manhattan, killing millions. Barkley is blamed for the chaos dunk and is hunted by the B-Ball Removal Department, led by Michael Jordan. Look up some YouTube videos for more insanity. Keep thumbing, Deborah. P.S. They made a sequel to Gaiden called The Magical Realms of Tira Na Nog, Escape from Necron 7, Revenge of Kuchelain, the official game of the movie, Chapter 2 of the Hoops Barkley Saga. Well... I think I was aware of some of that, but I didn't actually know what the premise was. No, I didn't, know the, I didn't know the premise. That's, yeah. that's good. So an anonymous reader writes, do not publish my name, please. I will be dropping off some excerpts of a book crafted by the very hand of Jay Allard. Here is a small taste of his published work. This is a book that I had never seen before. It's called Cumularity by Jay Allard. And I think it was published several years ago. Um... It's a book about like th- philosophy as it relates to the cloud, <laughs> like cloud <laughs> storage and cloud computing, but it's like a philosophical Cumularity, no. Yeah. No. No. Jay, no. It says it, there's a page where it's just an entire blank page of pur- purple page with white text centered in the middle that says the cloud is narrowing the gap between me and we. Uh <laughs> Trans- the the transformative power of the cloud. 
Over the next seven years, practically every cell in your body will regenerate, many several times over. Seven years from this moment, you'll be a materially different organism. It's an intriguing hypothesis, supported by more than a few scientific papers. Apply that same notion to Microsoft, our product offerings, our collective family of brands, our vision of our role in this world. When was this written? Um, Recently? 2009. This was written yeah. surely right before J. Allard disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> He was uh, killed for this book. <laughs> the cloud is like your brain, only more so. The cloud is persistent and permanent. It documents and remembers everything you've ever done in your computer or your cell phone or any other digital device and keeps all those interactions accessible to you over time. <laughs> Voyeurism is forever. I don't want to blog. I want to build the technology that allows others to blog, but I have no interest in sharing my personal journal with complete strangers. The notion just doesn't fit with my psychology but it does seem to fit with a lot of other people's. I get this distinct impression. Everybody's writing, willing and eager to post his or her life online for public consumption. Everybody wants to be on reality TV. Anyway, this goes on for a while. Then he has a diagram of Neo from the Matrix, and he like outlines Neo's clothing. <laughs> and then the headline is, where did Neo get those rimless shades? And the, there's multiple choice answers. Answer one. At an eyewear shop near Harajuku Station. Number two, for $5 on the Venice, Venice Beach Boardwalk. Number three, from Lon Lucini, prop master for The Matrix. Number four, nowhere. They're part of a simulated reality created by The Matrix. Number five, from the Oracle, a sapient application designed to investigate the human psyche. Or answer six, none of the above. Or some of the above. Or all of the above. What? Is there a correct answer given? Well, Jake, let me tell you. Uh, what does Jay Allard tell us about this what, this quiz, and what does this quiz tell us about ourselves? This is actually a trick question. <laughs> I'm not even sure the Wachowskis know exactly where Neo got his shades, and they know practically everything about all three Matrix films. <laughs> That's true. They probably do. A more specific spot-on question might be, where did Keanu, Keanu Reeves obtain those iconic shades he wore during the filming of the 1999 science fiction martial arts action film titled The Matrix? Now that should be easy to answer. Those shades exist on a prop list somewhere. They were a line item. They were an expense. You better believe somebody knows where they came from. And what is the point of any of this? <laughs> how, does, how do Neo's sunglasses relate to the cloud? Only Jay Allard, creator of... Whatever that book is. Cumularity. Oh, cumularity. Here's another, of all three cumularity books. <laughs> Here's another the cumularity headline. cycle. My Xbox is a blogging machine. I'm not going to read this page. <laughs> <laughs> this is so weird. Wow. It's This is a big book. It's a big, like, glossy book. This book oh. reads like it is what co created the velocity to launch Jay Allard away into a bike security company. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it's a collective, Jake. Yeah. This seems like the sort of oh. book you would write and then wake up crying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I tried like, you to look up and you have, a book crying. you have a bookshelf full of them and go, oh, no. Yeah. You also basically can't buy this book. I found it available for purchase on, like, the academic press website of, like, a Dutch company or something. I don't know. It's really difficult to acquire this book. I'm curious why. Should, we should get a copy, though, I feel like. I feel like I should try, should try, try, one. try yeah. to acquire oh, yeah. a cumularity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's a poll quote from a page of what use is a dream 
if not a blueprint for courageous action, Bruce Wayne. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a book. It's a beginning. I want the like Ken Burns My, documentary of like the Xbox 360 era with these as the quotes as it just slowly zooms in on like a photo of Jay Allard on E3 stages. <sighs> Interesting. God, it just goes on and on. He sent us a lot of pages of this. It's this is this book is hundreds of pages long. Can someone please do Playscape Seattle if you interview Jay Allard? <laughs> uh, yeah. Man. All right. Anyway, Cumularity by Jay Allard. I want to read Cumularity, Chris. Yeah, I know you do. (laughs) Eric Leslie writes, The Lost Metroidvania Freeware. I'm sure I won't be able... I'm sure I won't be the only person to write in, but uh, this is in reference to the reader mail last week, someone asking about uh, a piece of freeware. Uh, He says, Initially, I thought you were talking about EG, which I have played and liked a whole lot. But that one is maybe too combat-oriented to be what they're talking about. More escape from captors than figure out what happened. Based on the girl wakes up from stasis and tries to figure out what's going on description, I tracked down a YouTube playthrough of Holdover, which seems to match the description pretty well, Eric in Pittsburgh. And that was posted in the forums, and the person who asked about this, I think, indicated, yes, the game they were looking for is Holdover. A couple people wrote in about this. Thank you for that. Um, all right, let's see what else we have here. Oh, this is, this is crazy. Okay. Uh, Meredith Mallet writes in, she says, it's not a tiki drink, but Hey thumbs. I'm a few weeks late catching up on your dark souls streams, but it's a blast. I was kind of hoping to see the continued adventures of similar face, but Ted Cruz has been a worthy successor so far. I still wanted to honor similar faces, misfortunate rise and subsequent fall from grace. And I figured the best way to do it was obviously with a cocktail. So Meredith has crafted the similar face cocktail. Oh man! Which, oh good. Next time we're on a stream together, we should maybe yeah. We should all have a drink to similar face. Yeah, this is a this is so similar face cocktail. One and a half ounces gold rum or gin. They're very different spirits. Half an ounce of lime juice, a quarter ounce of orange curacao, two teaspoons simple syrup, two teaspoons green creme de menthe, and one egg white. Dry shake all ingredients without ice until the egg white is frothy. Add ice and shake again until your arm hurts as much as watching the original stream did. I feel like this cocktail really captures the true nature of similar face in that it is a mistake. A horrible, abominable mistake. It's perfect. You can substitute a a splash of heavy cream for the egg white if you have allergies or something. But really, the true experience definitely requires that egg white mouthfeel. Cheers, Meredith. Okay, I have a uh, proposal. Yeah. Um, We should make the rum version mm-hmm. and then we should press the similar face button and it will give us the exact same <laughs> cocktail but only the one thing changes to gin oh that's a good idea so we'll have similar face one and two. Oh man that's mm-hmm. a totally good idea yeah we should actually prepare them both and then compare have a similar face off yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yes all right i want to try this all right i wonder if i wonder if meredith actually subjected herself to her concoction whatever we'll drink it yeah um all right i approve highly of that uh, okay, let's see. Thomas Burton writes Uru and other weird names. Hey, Thumbs, your discussion of the origin of the name Uru, Ages Beyond Mist, reminded me of another weird naming origin. Bioware announced the first Dragon Age in 2004 while the game was still in pre-production and years out from release. This meant there was a lot of speculation and discussion on their forums about what the game would be and what fans wanted. Because it was so early in development, there wasn't even a name for the game's setting, so fans would just refer to the Dragon Age setting in discussions. This eventually got shortened to 
the DAS. So when the developers finally picked a name for the continent where the game takes place, they went with Thetis. It's not quite Uru levels of weird, but I've always liked that story. Thomas Burton. That's crazy. I had no idea. Oh man, that's really good. Yeah. Weird. What a bunch of dorks. Yep. That's, uh, I I like that a lot. Yeah. Like, that's so arbitrary. You might as well just do it. Yeah. Is it spelled T-H-E-D-A-S? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's spelled exactly like the acronym. Oh, yeah. man. Yep. That's really, really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now if anyone ever questions or tries to change that, fans will go insane because... Oh, they'll never change it. There's I know. Been four, but just what, three or four of those games? I guess three, really, plus some deals. If you come into that now, mm. though, I'm sure there are tomes of lore about that fucking name. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, it's it's a fantasy series that's been running for, like, what, almost a decade now? Or, you know, including yeah. that pre-production time, a decade now. Hey, this, that's makes me so happy. Yeah. But why it's actually called that is because... <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, some real elder beings probably turned some cosmic dust into a thing. Yep. Um, the Dragon Age setting. God damn it. That's really good. God. Chris Welch writes in about video game themes. About video games. Uh, his email just consists of a uh, of a screenshot of one of those little like um, sort of topical boxes at the bottom of a lot of Wikipedia pages. Mm-hmm. You know how a page about like, I don't know, a page about a given band member or something at right. the bottom, it will be like articles about this band and then it'll be like, band members or like albums yeah. and whatever. And it'll link to like it's the little sort a of dozen like different Wikipedia. generated table of contents. Yeah. Yeah. So he links to a little info, a little box at the bottom of a, of a Wikipedia page. And the name of the box is lists of video games by theme. So this is not a link to video games. It's a link to Wikipedia lists of video games right. as sorted by themes. And they're, the themes are really good. Uh, there are there is a ca- a character based category of video game theme lists. Um, there are v- video games listed by characters such as dragons, gangsters, ghosts, ninjas, vampires, and zombies. Those are the only character types like noteworthy enough to have their own lists of characters. And then there are by settings such as alternate history, ancient Rome, apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic, Vietnam War, Western, World War I, and World War II. <laughs> so That's video games. There's that. The and then there's, then there's an other category, which consists <clears throat> only of horror, time travel, and roller coasters. <laughs> <laughs> so. You could probably find any, you know, any given games probably got one of those somewhere in it. So that probably these those various categories contain all video games, probably. Like there's no other category, so this must, yeah, they must all be able to be put into one of those. Any video game <sighs> worth listing? Oh man! Speaking of roller coasters, mm-hmm. did I talk about this on the podcast? A little Shit. bit last week. I don't. Did I? Oh, I hadn't played them yet though. So, so we briefly mentioned. Did you visit Planet Coaster? I did. Uh, we briefly mentioned Parkitect. You'd played some um, of them. Planet Coaster. I, I dipped into par- uh, Parkitect, but I okay. had not okay. touched Planet Coaster. We talked about Planet Coaster without me really knowing like what it was or like yeah. what state it was in. I just did it. And man, that game. So I, I played 
theme park. So which one is Planet Coaster? Okay. So so, so, so yeah, I'll just okay, give sorry, a really ahead. really yeah, really yeah, yeah. brief like yep, yep. the 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 games that exist are Theme Park World, um, which is the sort of Atari published like. Uh, sorry, not Theme Park World, Roller Coaster Tycoon World. What am I saying? Okay, yeah. So a successor um, to the classic series. Successor to the classic series being developed by Atari in the Unity engine. Their plan is to do like sort of a user generated like engine thing where you know people populate the game. They want to be a city skylines. Yeah, they do. Uh, even the roads work similarly. Okay. Um, but it's not. Ugh. I I played it and I immediately went, okay, this is just not what you want. Like this, it's just maybe eventually like users will uh-huh. make it to what it should be, but it just doesn't. Is it in early access or is it early? It is. It's in early okay, access. Okay. It just okay. came out early access. Um, not super impressive. Uh, Parkitect, which is like a two man indie game, which is sort of you know inspired by Roller Coaster Tycoon heavily. Like the UI is very similar. Um, that game seems like it's it's cool. Like I. I appreciate what they're doing, but it also just because it's a two man effort, it's just not going to have like the level of fidelity or like just the level of support that you kind of want. So like, I don't know. It has cool ideas. We talked about it on the podcast. Like they have some really cool things in it, but, um, planet coaster though, planet coaster is made by frontier games or frontier world. I forget the name of that company specifically, but, um, and planet coaster is nuts. Planet coaster is exactly what I want out of one of these games. Planet Coaster is basically like bleh. they they provide like in, in Roller Coaster Tycoon, for instance, like you, you would just place like a uh, like a an ice cream shop as a prefab, right? It would just like chunk down as an ice cream shop. In Planet Coaster, you place like the like the the sort of like counter and then everything else you have to build up using little tiny pieces of level art. So it's like Kerbal Fidelity. Yep, it's Kerbal Level Fidelity, but for uh for Roller Coaster Tycoon, which basically means you can make Disneyland. It just means that you can make yeah. your own crazy thing. You theme can make Breckenland. Yeah, and it all looks really good. Like oh god, just the lighting, like you can just place spotlights, you know, just on the ground and everything looks amazing. They're uh they <laughs> Not enough of the game is done, and the number of assets they're going to have to build makes me a little wary. Wait, hold of, like, on, hold on. Weird, inf- interesting, like information here. Yeah. So Frontier Development—that's the studio that was founded by David Braben, who made the original Elite. Yeah. And then they made the sequels to Elite mm-hmm. at this studio. They've been making roller coaster games for de- for y- over a decade. Is this now the Planet Coaster because, people? Or? Yes. Okay. Yes. They made uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon three in two thousand four. Yeah. And then they made a bunch of expansions to it. They made that game Thrillville for LucasArts, if you guys remember yep. that. Yeah. That didn't really go anywhere. Uh, although I guess it got a sequel. Um, oh, Thrillville Off the Rails, yes. I bet it's called. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made a game called Coaster Crazy for iOS in 2012. Uh, and then spinoffs of that for Wii U and some other stuff. Um, they're making Elite Dangerous right now, which is yep. like a big sort of darling of the uh, like combat space sim game along with uh, the infinite one the crazy one what is it uh star citizen star, star citizen. citizen yeah 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 uh then they're also making um oh never mind i was thinking they were also making the new roller coaster tycoon but, they're oh, not. No, but they're they not, were yeah. but they were the developer of roller coaster tycoon for a while yeah which yeah. is really weird and so now they're making this game Planet Coaster, yeah, while a which, different company is making a new Roller Coaster Tycoon. Right. Which also, this game does similarly feel inspired by um, 
city skylines but the thing that i i like about it is that um it's just uh like they're they're clearly splitting the difference between spending a lot of money on creating unique assets and also planning for like user generated stuff like they're not they're not just heavily investing in either of those two things they're sort of creating a lot of really nice uh uh beautiful looking things that you can place in the world and then also just you know craft your own little um vignettes and stuff um and then also like it's just very clear that once this game launches it's just going to be even crazier but man it just works it runs and and works and like just the Mm -hmm. way that the game is played and the ui design and everything it's like exactly what you would want um is, and, is there uh, like a fundamental difference in sort of attitude or like concept between Planet Coaster and Parkitect and Roller Coaster? Are they all basically trying to do the same thing or do they have like fundamentally different visions of a theme park creation game? I mean, the, so Planet Coaster seems fundamentally different in the sense that it's 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 so granular in terms of the design of the actual park that uh, it seems more inspired by like transport sims or just things mm. of that ilk like it just it seems like man it's just the 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 kind like the 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 screenshots of like what a thing you can create in planet coaster is versus what a thing you can create in in roller coaster planet coaster just is. looks more ground level to me like it yeah. looks like the screenshots that you see are people showing off like the shape of their fence line and then the outdoor vending cart that they built mm-hmm. and then how the roller coaster like sweeps into the composition of that photograph whereas parkitect looks all the shots that I see look more like old roller coaster tycoon type stuff. Where yeah. it's still the camera's pulled way back, and you're looking at the world from the sky down to the ground. Yep. Um, Planet coaster. I mean, you can play it from from that angle, but uh, the scale of things is much more dramatic. Like the Ferris wheel in Planet coaster is enormous versus the Ferris wheel in like a roller coaster tycoon, which would just be the like size of every cause, other because you're meant to be able to bring the camera down lower and yep. look at it like a theme park pedestrian. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Ugh. Man, I think that game is going to be really, really notable once they actually finish it, which I guess is going to happen at the end of the year. But um, that's cool. I love yeah, the- right now, I, I guess I probably wouldn't recommend spending a ton of money on it right now because it's really in a it's in a pretty early spot. But mm-hmm. um, once they once they actually uh, implement, like right now, actually they don't even technically have coaster building in the game, um, which is weird. But so you can uh, lay the tracks down, but it doesn't work. There's something? like a debug mode where you can get into and actually start messing okay. with that stuff. Um, but uh, and the way it works is fundamentally different than either the other two games and, and also um, uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon, which is cool. I'm glad they're actually like trying to improve the mechanics of this stuff because it's not it was never perfect. Um, but yeah, man, oh, like you can just just the kinds of things that they're putting in the game already, like actual like facades, you know, like yeah. actual like Disneyland walls that are just, oh, you know, here's, here's a ugh, dumb question. It's going to be really good. Do do how do these games handle financial responsibility and uh, as a sim versus it just being a pure theme park creation tool because planet coaster looks like it's just like make a theme park who cares whereas i've i've theme park tycoon or roller coaster tycoon those have always been more about like yeah maximize your build a thing to get crowds to Mm -hmm. like it and then give you money at like gate admission and food admission and then you use that to build more coasters like a sim city model Mm -hmm. and is is there still a financial sim thing running in Planet yeah, Coaster? Yeah, not right now, but they're going to the add. The plan is there. Okay. There's a yeah management layer to it for okay. sure. Um, but I don't. I don't really know. It's a weird. They've like the the kind of uh, uh, front end of, of Planet Coaster is strange, and I don't. I don't know what the final plan for that is. But right now, it's like this 
it's like a you mean a, like the main menu yeah like there's a globe and then like icons with people's faces on them so i don't know if the plan is to actually just like i can visit chris's I, like, that, yeah, that sounds like a little big planet model yeah they have a thing called the global village yeah where players so are going to be sharing their theme parks with it each seems other. like That's, that kind that of thing super which, little big planety which seems maybe more sandboxy than management but they're there I, I mean in their feature list there is like you know yeah an aspect mm-hmm. so i don't i don't know how that's gonna factor mm-hmm. in but but yeah park attack and and Gold Coast and Tycoon World are very classic, like, yeah, you start with whatever, a thousand bucks, and then have to kind of attract people, and et cetera, et cetera. I think it's really cool that Frontier <clears throat> Developments has been around for, like, yeah. a few decades now at this point, and uh, apparently their goal with this is to try and sort of, or one of their goals, obviously their goal is to make a game, but one of their other goals is to try and build up a second in-house series along with elite like they've had elite that's mm. been going for decades now and they're you know they spent all this time making all these other roller coaster games so like we want our own internal thing that is uh, that we own ourselves right. yeah have, have a coaster team that is self-sufficient yeah, exactly, and not yeah. a work for hire team right. exactly, i was really surprised yeah. um going to that site and seeing like how developed it was and like they have a huge community they do like weekly updates on Planet Coaster. They're like that's awesome Twitch streams and they seem like really cool guys and i just yeah i hope this game is doing well and will do well because it seems like they know what they're doing. Yeah, they're like yeah. making the game that you want. The, the legacy, you know, at like, least behind that studio in this space, seems yeah. pretty huge. Yep. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So Sean Lawrence writes, Dear Thumbs, I listen to your podcast mostly as a way to learn about the impending robot revolution without giving Google's robots a reason to mark me as a person of interest due to search terms. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is where the, the dumb nature of podcast technology is a huge advantage. Uh, nobody can figure out any data from your podcast listening habits because there's no data collected by At some anybody. point, Google will start scraping uh, all of the audio in podcasts, but hopefully it works the same way as Google Voice uh, voicemail audio scrapes where it's just nonsense. Hopefully it works the same way as the... Uh, as the uncharted enemy layer, so you can turn off enemy right. podcast hosts and right. be shocked when Nick Brecken disappears, <laughs> <laughs> when his voice is just destroyed from the audio stream. Yep. Uh, okay, so he says, anyway, in the May edition of Scientific American, there's an article describing a psychobiologist who had computers assess using motion tracking technology whether participants were bored or tired and was successful in doing so. The article posits a use for such technology for digital lessons that recognize when a student's attention is fading and respond with strategies to re-engage him or her. The system could also help researchers build <clears throat> robots that are more emotionally sensitive companions for humans. Thoughts? Thanks, Sean B. Lawrence. Oof. Mm. I don't know if I want my computer or other computing device to like detect when I'm not giving it my full attention and interest hopefully these things all sort of stack like doesn't seem like you're paying attention and then you sort of get frustrated and sad and goes i know that you're i know that you're bothered by this <laughs> oh, no. i know that you're oh let me cheer you up yeah. and re-engage you <laughs> gross <laughs> yeah this is the okay i would actually be happy to incorporate this into uh into like facial recognition into the s- streaming software we use when Nick is playing Dark Souls. If if Dark right. Souls could like berate you yeah. for not being focused enough, right, or for like you're not not devoting full enough good. attention yeah. to the game, if the inter- the internalization level could be complemented by like an investment level or an, a dedication level next to it, and we could see how those correlate. Mm-hmm. Dedication 
times progress equals internalization. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, and then it would just it, slap you if you don't if it goes down too low. At this point, it just it it feels like these things are are just going to turn into our parents, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, like, isn't yeah. aren't the like we're just gonna have like a weird mom that just like is in our pocket that just says like you. You woke up too late. Are you sh- what are you doing? You're you're ruining your life. Like, you said you wanted to start getting to work earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're playing Dark Souls. It's if not- you're gonna play Dark Souls, you may as well be good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's like it's it's like your parents, except instead of only nagging you about the things that actually matter to your life, it nags you about everything. Yeah. Really slacking the binge watching of this TV show. You really, mm-hmm. uh, your friends have they they told me that they're on like season two already, which is <laughs> out by the way. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Really not eating that Captain Crunch fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is getting terrible, it's terrifying. <laughs> Is it so it would on one hand berate you for like the poor nutritional content of Captain Crunch, but then if you're gonna be stuffing your yeah. face with this garbage anyway, it's like just uh, get it over be, with, you should really be doing because it more there's efficiently. a new peanut butter flavor available. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's like a there's sort of an implicit weird war between mm-hmm. this technology being implemented by like the self help and dieting industry and right. then this technology being implemented by just like the consumer right. yeah. it's and food by industry. the person who writes on a shampoo bottle also you could repeat if you want you could just shampoo your hair twice every shower <laughs> maybe you'll you know why not why not yeah. just burn through the shampoo bottle two or three times faster than anyone reasonably should oh man the horrible you're gonna like, smoke just smoke the whole pack here you go <laughs> Smoke them. Smoke them all. Oh, God. The disintegration between, like, information that is presented in good faith and information that is presented, like, for a marketing reason. Yeah. Oof. Terrifying. Have you noticed that nutrition facts labels have gotten increasingly sassy lately? I don't... I don't think so. Oh, man. There's... I can't remember what it was. It might have been like a flavored sparkling water or something. But there's one that I read that was just like, only got great stuff in it, just some water and a mineral or something. It was like, how can you say like... Oh, yeah. How can there be like a yeah. happy, friendly yeah, language? How can there be an editorial component? <laughs> yeah. Greedy to it? You're right. I totally saw that recently. God, I saw yeah. it. It was like nothing but the freshest squeezed whatever. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what that doesn't seem like an objective like way to present this information. Right. Like, Which I, then makes you go, oh, so these have just been totally yeah, involuntary. Bullshit for like, totally opt in and like what? How does that not not serving size just enough? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you're right. I totally noticed that the other day, and I was really taken aback by it. Yeah. Anyway, maybe you should just get through the whole pack, then you'll be done with them. Yeah, ball me over. <laughs> Gross. Um. All right. So. Uh, I don't know, last email, I suppose. Given how much you use this phone, you might as well just get the upgrade. I mean, you use it a lot. <laughs> Spencer, well, I should know. I'm talking to you through it all day long. <laughs> I, I, I am it. Given how much you use me. Gross. Spencer Wilson writes, Hey, Thumbs, I was listening to the segment on last week's cast regarding the janky emergent gameplay techniques of early multiplayer FPS. I think you all made great observations that these mechanics were either polished out of modern games like Call of Duty or formalized in the game's rules as skiing was in Tribes Ascend. However, I can provide at least one example of these janky emergent techniques still existing. A Google search for, quote, chivalry dragging, unquote, will lead you to a six-page guide guide on obscure techniques within chivalry medieval warfare. 
Techniques such as dragging, the manipulation of the player view so that your attack lands quicker, an accelerated attack, or that it lands slower, a delayed attack. Or even matrixing the manipulation of the player model in order to avoid another player's attacks. I personally don't spend much time with multiplayer games anymore, but I would imagine with all the early access survival games out there today, and all the Minecraft mods the kids are still playing, that there are plenty of weird emergent playstyles fostered within niche communities. Cheers, Spencer Wilson, Toronto, Canada. Yeah, that is a great that is a great observation because I remember when Chivalry came mm-hmm. out and was sort of like, you know, a lot of videos and stuff were being generated of it. That game is clearly totally in that yeah. zone of like crazy sort of knowingly rough-edged multiplayer. Also, where- I, I, I there was a longer forum thread about Chivalry. It might have been by the same person, but it mm. sounded like the the Chivalry multiplayer community at this point Basically, you have to play the game wrong to be considered playing yeah. it correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, totally buy that. You have to be doing all that stuff. That, what was the phrase that you're supposed to look up? Dragging. Yeah, chivalry, chivalry dragging. Chivalry dragging. Yeah. Yeah. That sort of weird pull yourself around stuff is just, if you don't do that, you're an yeah. idiot. I'm really glad that there's a game like that that is has like a large, robust community yep. that is just there. Yeah, because obviously most people are not ever going to take to that, but most yep. people never did in the first place. It's just good for it's good for that to exist because it's a weird, very specific to computer games mm-hmm. like version of multiplayer community. Yeah. Yep. I've mentioned this before, but I knew a guy, I know the one of the main designers of that game because we worked together at Irrational, and oh, it was cool. so crazy to see that thing blow up. I was really excited about it because it's the, you know, it's like the most opposite possible thing to yeah. like Bioshock Infinite, which we worked on together, as you could ever imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was really happy when that game was like clearly a huge success. Um, all right. Well, you guys want to call it? Yeah, that's probably a podcast. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on Idle Thumbs. Um, as a reminder, there's a thread about Idle Thumbs streams mm-hmm. up on the Idle Forums. You go to idlethumbs.net, click the forums link. Inside the Idle Thumbs episode subforum, there's a pinned thread that Nick made called Idle Thumbs Streams, and it has links to all the past streams we've done on YouTube and Twitch, as well as a heads up about the next stream. And we uh, maybe I'll add two, maybe I'll have two upcoming streams on there if I'm going to stream this coming Sunday during the normal slot, and Nick, cool. you're going to stream on Friday with uh, continuation of Dark Souls. Yep. Um, you can find us on the internet at idlethumbs.net, obviously, and we're on Twitter at idlethumbs. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash idlethumbs. We're on Twitch at twitch.tv slash idlethumbs. And we export those streams as well as weekly um, sort of YouTube versions of our podcast to YouTube at youtube.com slash idlevideos. You can write us email at questions at idlethumbs.net. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please tell a friend. I've been seeing people recommend the podcast on Twitter and other places recently, and it's been really, really cool to see. So uh, tell a friend. And if you like the podcast, give us a review on iTunes. Um, I think the way that iTunes podcasts are ranked takes into account all kinds of weird like meta mm. ranking, including reviews and stuff like that. And so, enemies. And enemies. <laughs> Uh, disable your enemies and give us a review. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week or sooner on a stream. Bye. Mm-hmm.